0: Tonight, I want to talk about uh, compromise. Um, uh, I want to talk about compromise. Um, When we compromise, we are led into captivity. And so, compromise is the first step that leads to captivity. And as you read scripture, Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection has freed us. We are called to be a free people, we are free in Jesus. But sometimes we get trapped into bondage because we compromise. And uh, that is very scriptural. We see that especially in the Old Testament. When you begin to compromise, you fall right back into a cycle of bondage. And uh, there are two things that's, that's different. Uh, there is a di- there's a difference between seasons. There's a difference between cycles cycles are things that we create in our life seasons are ordained of God and so you've got to distinguish am I in a season or am I in a cycle that I've created and so seasons are phases in life and uh, uh, different time periods in our life that God has ordained but yet cycles are uh, functional habits Uh, functional bondages that we are involved in that we have created by our own decisions. And so are you in a season or are you in a cycle? And what causes us to be in cycles of bondages is really when we start to compromise. Um, You know, I heard someone say this, that um, God desires 100% of us. He desires 100% holiness. Uh, the word integrity means wholeness. And when when a person is whole before the Lord, they are a person of integrity because it's there's a wholeness about you. You are who you say you are. You walk the talk. There's a wholeness about you. So God desires 100% of us. It's kind of like, you know, if you, if you bought a bottle of water, it doesn't say, 98% pure water and 2% sewage. You wouldn't drink the water, would you? If the water was labeled 98% pure water and 2% sewage, you wouldn't drink it because the 2% sewage would would uh, would pollute the 98% water. And I think that sometimes, if we're not careful, when we begin to compromise, it pollutes the other 98%. And so. God desires wholeness about us. He desires oneness about us. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. He wants everything. He wants 100% of you. And so um, what I want you to see in the Old Testament is that there's a group of people called the children of Israel. And and this group of people, God loved very much. And uh, he had a plan and purpose for these people. And let me explain to you. And I'm I'm sure you've been reading through the Bible, so this is not um, this is not new to you. Uh, But God called a group of people, uh, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. They were called the Israelites. And God's purpose was to bring them into a land, and they were to live in that land, and they were to demonstrate to the whole world that there is one God. Really, God's people was called to live in a particular piece of land, and they were to be a light on a hill to demonstrate to the whole world that there's one God. God said, I want you to follow me. I want you to remember me. I want you to remember that I was the one that brought you out of bondage. I want you to remember that I was the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. But these people were a people of compromise. And guess what happens? When they compromised, they found themselves in a cycle, and the cycle never stopped. The cycle was over and over and over, and um, Pastor Brandon um, was sharing with me, and if I could find it, just he was sharing with me um, uh, his definition of this, the cycle that he learned, and I, and I like this. In the Old Testament, God's people was stuck in a cycle. And this cycle was caused by compromise. And the cycle started with slumber. They begin, to, they begin to slumber. They begin to sleep spiritually. Then they begin to sin. Then they were in slavery. Then they begin to be sorrowful. Then they begin to pray supplication. And then last, the Lord would save him salvation. So that was the cycle in the Old Testament for God's people and that cycle was caused by compromise now these are the levels this this is how it started with god's people they slumbered they slept spiritually then they would sin they would rebel against god then their sin would cause them to be in slavery okay you know the other nations would bring them into captivity or a na- a neighboring nation would come and You know, take them into prison or bondage, you know, slavery. Number four, they would be sorrowful. They would, number five, supplication. They would repent and pray to the Lord. And number six, salvation. God would heal them and deliver them. So that was the cycle. Let me say it to you one more time. Slumber, sin, slavery, sorrow, supplication, and salvation. And this was caused by Their continual act of compromise, compromise, their compromise led them into a cycle. When you're walking with the Lord, you are not, you don't need a cycle, you're involved in a season. And seasons are ordained of God, ordained time periods of the Lord in your life. You can have a season of drought, of wilderness, and hardship, sometimes that's of the Lord. Sometimes God has directed that. Sometimes there are seasons of blessings. You are reaping where you have sowed. That's a season in your life directed by the Lord. And these seasons are prepared to grow you and to challenge you. So you got to pray, am I in a season directed by God to cause me to grow, or am I in a cycle that's caused by my sin? Now, this is so very important. I hope that you're listening. You've got to pray and ask the Lord, am I in a season that's directed by you and the purpose that it's directed by you? And the reason that I'm in a season is because you want to grow me. All right? You want to challenge me. You want to push me to grow. There's things that you want to do in my life that you want to grow me. There's things that you want to chip off. There's things that you want to, you want to mold me and make me and shape me. There's a season in my life and sometimes in a season, we think it's of the devil. Why am I in a hardship? Why is this happening? Sometimes it's directed by God. And the reason it's directed by God is because you are in school. You know, you're in a spiritual school. God's trying to learn, grow you. But in a cycle, a cycle is different than a season. A cycle is something that we have caused by our own decisions, and it's really caused by our compromise. And we get stuck in a cycle, and it's repetitive. It's the same sin or the same bondage. It's the same thing over and over and over. We're stuck in this. We're stuck with the same weaknesses. We're stuck with the same sins. We're stuck with the same thing, and we're wondering what's going on. And sometimes that has been caused by an area of our life that we have compromised. We have let down the standard. And so are you in a season or are you in a cycle? And so I am asking you, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit revealed to us whether we are in a cycle or a season. I'm sorry. I just, I just felt like I needed to pray. Father, I thank you. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would open up our ears and that you would open up our hearts, that you would reveal to us whether we're in a season or whether we're in a cycle, and that the Holy Spirit would mold us and shape us. If we're in a season, then, Lord, let us be patient with you. But if we're in a cycle, then, Lord, give us the wisdom of what we need to change so that we can break the cycle in our life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good, isn't He? So I want, so I want you. Number one, distinguish: What am I in? Am I in a season, or am I in a cycle? Now, let's let's review. Let's just talk about. Uh, let's talk about uh, a cycle, and sometimes a cycle is caused by compromise, and we get stuck in what I call functional bondage. We're functioning, but we're in bondage. Okay? And so the children of Israel is a prime example of a group of people who were stuck in a cycle. They were stuck in a cycle. And uh, remember remember the cycle of the children of Israel. It was slumber. They, they were sleeping spiritually, then they would sin, they would rebel against God, then they, was, they would go into slavery, then they would be um, then from slavery they would have sorrow, they would begin to repent, and then they would, number five, they would have supplication, and number six, the Lord would save them, salvation. And so compromise causes cycles in our life that we have to break. And Now, this is so good. I may not be able to get done with it, and I may finish it next Wednesday. And so just tune in next Wednesday for this, as we talk about seasons and cycles. So just Stay with me as we talk about this. I, I think I'll finish it next Wednesday, all right? Because there's so much I want to talk about that I don't want to go so quickly that I leave something out. But the children of Israel is a prime example of a people who compromised and they got stuck in a cycle. And and I'm going to read a few scriptures to you. And I uh, I find this so interesting to me. Um, I... Uh, what you see in the scriptures, especially in the book of 2 Kings, you'll see this phrase over and over and over. Okay? Now, I don't have time to read all of it to you, but all of us are adults. You're scholars. You love the Word. You can go back and look at this. But especially in the book of 2 Kings, you'll see a phrase that says, and they did not destroy the high places. Now, could you say this with me? High places. In the book of 2 Kings, that phrase appears a lot of times they did not destroy the high places they did not destroy the high places now what was a high place a high place in the old testament was a mountain or a hill where they would put an altar and a priest would go on the mountain or the on a high mountain or a high hill and the priest would build an altar there and he would sacrifice to their pagan gods. Okay, Now the reason they did it on a mountain is because they thought that they were closer to the gods. So the higher the mountain, the higher the hill, the higher you are to the gods. So in the Old Testament, a lot of the pagan nations worshipped their gods on high mountains. They were called high places. And temple prostitution happened there, male prostitution happened there, they worshiped their gods what did elisha do he was on mount carmel on a mountain and what was they doing on a mountain they were calling the, the prophets of baal or the priests of baal and the prophet the prophets of baal was trying to appease their baal trying to appease their god to try to call fire down they were on a mountain because that's how they worshiped these pagan people worshiped on a mountain all right and it was called the high place and so and so in the Old Testament, these kings, in the book of 2 Kings, some of them did not worship God, and they led their people astray. And when the people were led astray, guess what they did? They built high mountains, or excuse me, they built high places or mountains, and they began to worship their gods on top of mountains, and it was called the high place. All right? Now, some kings repented. And some kings follow the Lord with all of their heart. But I want you to see what happens. I want you to see the compromise. Is it possible for me to love God with everything I have and yet compromise something in my life? Yes. There are some kings here that love the Lord, loved him with all their heart, but yet they compromised. And I want you to see what happens here. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 12, uh one of the kings and 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 you can go back and read this one of the kings uh let's see here second kings chapter 12 the bible says joash did what was right in the eyes of the lord all the days of his life nevertheless the high places were not taken away And the people continue to sacrifice and make offerings to their gods on high places. So the first king you see here, he loved the Lord with all of his heart. He followed the Lord, but he did not remove the high places. In other words, he loved the Lord. He tried to obey the scriptures, but he did not remove the altars on the high places. And so the people of God would still go to the mountain and they would still sacrifice to their gods even though the king loved the Lord he still compromised you see see how just a little bit of compromise what it will do in your life the Bible also says in Amaziah In 2nd Kings chapter 14 the Bible says 2nd Kings chapter 14 Amaziah reigns in Judah and the Bible says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord Yet not like his David not like David his father He did all things as Joash his father had done, but the high places he did not remove So here's another king that loved the Lord and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but he did not remove the high places in other words he compromised. He loved the Lord, but he compromised. He d- he didn't take the time to go remove the high places. Sometimes, Christ's point, we compromise because we don't think it's a big deal. Oh, I love the Lord. Everybody knows I love the Lord, and we let things slide, and we don't take care of business. These kings, some of these kings love the Lord, but they didn't have the attitude that we needed to purge the whole land. They thought, ah, uh, it's on the mountain somewhere it's not a big deal they compromised what about another king the Bible says second uh, Kings chapter 15 Ezariah, the Bible says verse 3 he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to his father nevertheless get this the high places were not taken away and the people still sacrificed And made offerings on their high places. This is interesting to me. Here is a man, a king, Ezariah, who loves the Lord. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but the Bible says, nevertheless, he did not remove the high places. Could it be, I said this to my staff this morning, could it be that we love the Lord? And yet there's this except in our life. I love the Lord except the high places. I want to do what's right. I'm following the Lord, except the high place. You love the Lord, except there's something in my life I don't want to deal with. You see what I'm saying? So we got to deal with the high places in our life. Uh, I can go on and on. Second Kings chapter 15. Jotham uh, 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 34. 2 Kings 15, 34. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to what his father did. Nevertheless, he didn't remove the high places, and the people still made sacrifices and offerings on the high places. So here's another king who loved the Lord, but he didn't remove the altars on the mountains. He didn't remove the high places. Alright? And then the Bible says, "There's a there's a king by the name of um, there's a king by the name of J- Josiah, and the Bible says that Josiah in Second Kings chapter twenty three, Josiah, <coughs> the Bible says that he Josiah chapter twenty three, that he made a covenant with the Lord." and that he made a covenant with the Lord to follow the Lord and to follow his commandments and all of His statutes with all of his heart, with all of his soul. And the Bible says, and he removed the high places. Josiah, remove the high places. How do I remove the high places in my life? How do I remove the except in my life? You remove the high places when you love the Lord with all of your heart. With all of your soul. The Bible says that Josiah, it specifically said in chapter 23, he loved the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his soul. And he removed the high places. Because when you love the Lord with all of your heart, then you make sure that that you don't let room for compromise to come in. Amen. And so... Um, And so it's interesting to me that even in the New Testament, when Jesus went to pray, he went to pray on a mountain, you know, uh, when the Mount of Transfiguration was on a mountain. So there was this concept that when people prayed, they wanted to go higher. But Paul, who was sent to the Gentiles, gives us a new revelation. He says that when you are now converted, you now sit with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, hallelujah. Now, when you're saved, now when you're born again, you don't have to go to a mountain. You don't have to do all this stuff. You are now seated in heavenly places. You are now in a high place, but you are continually in a high place spiritually. Because of your salvation, you have changed seats, and now you are spiritually seated in a high place. Amen. Amen. So um, um, because even in the Old Testament, the children of God had their own altars to the true God on a mountain. And so even even the pagan priests, they they would copy it and and, and do and worship their own gods on mountains. So you see, there was a counterfeit. Anything that's of God, there's always a counterfeit for. And so um, what about it? What what? in your life do you feel like is being compromised do not let things um, be quick to obey the lord because delayed obedience is actually disobedience delayed obedience is actually disobedience sin will always take you further than you than you want to go and always makes you pay more than you want to pay you see um, satan reserves the right to pay, to, Satan reserves the right to bill you for any unpaid rent that you've had. So don't, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. All right. Let, let's, let's raise anything you compromise to gain, you will eventually lose. Anything that you compromise to gain, you will eventually lose. So let's not compromise. Amen. So we're going to extend this study to next Wednesday, talking about the difference between a cycle and a season. And you find that the children of Israel was in a cycle, and the reason they were in a cycle is because of the decisions that they made to rebel against God, and it caused them to be in a uh, cycle that's that's functional bondage, you know. And so, um, and how do I break it? Well, Josiah. Love the Lord with all of his heart. It's what I like to refer to as perfect love. Do you love him with everything that you have? Amen. Do you love him with everything that you have? Amen. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, well, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him a second time, Peter, do you love me? He says, well, of course, Lord, I love you. He asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? He says, well, of course, Lord, I love you. Because I think the Lord was trying to pinpoint a principle. Do you love me with all your body? Do you love me with all your soul? Do you love me with all your spirit? Is there unity within you? Does your mind say the same thing that your heart says? Is there unity within you? Is there a oneness about you? Is there an integrity about you? Is there a wholeness about you? Is there a pursuit about you? Amen.